water. Earth. Fire. Air. Welcome to Bending the Elements. A production by the Novice Elitist Podcast. With your hosts, Caleb and Isaac. A podcast about all things Avatar. Hello and welcome back to Bending the Elements, an Avatar podcast. We're back covering the second part of The Search. So where we left off. The gang was leaving Noriko and Norin's home, and now they're heading off to Forgetful Valley. But before we get there, we do have another flashback to cover. Isaac, do you want to pick that one up for us? Uh, so obviously, I guess following the... Well, actually, I don't know. You think this was following the... No, this was... Oh, wait. No, I know what this yeah. is. Right. Sorry, I forgot. I forgot. So this is... <laughs> this is the little in Zuko alone. This was the bit uh, just as we... First heard about Luten, uh, that is uh, Uncle Iroh's son, passing away. Oof. Uh, in Bossing Say, in the siege of Bossing Say, excuse me. Uh, unfortunately, this is where yeah, Zula's, you know, it, I guess it's post Fire Lord, or sorry, Fire Prince Ozai pleading his case to be Fire Lord now that uh, Uncle Iroh no longer has an heir. And, you know, Azulon was not having any of that at that point, And. The whole speculation on whether, you know, as Azula said in that episode, dad's going to kill you. <laughs> Turns out that is the case. <laughs> yeah, and you got to wonder, is she coming in here to gloat as she's telling this? Like, oh, maybe we can find you a nice uh, Earth Nation family to adopt you. Of course, Zuko, rightfully so, is just kind of horrified. He's like, stop lying about this. Dad would never do this to me. Like, that, that this, is, this is crazy. And it almost looks like the animation of her smiling. But as she spills the the news to her mom and she's talking about it she looks more remorseful and more like yeah i don't know i get i get more of a sense that she's confused and yeah more vulnerable there well not so much there because once ursa leaves are you saying ursa or azula sorry azula but yeah you're right the next page it's not so much no she's not azula always lies Hey, even in her like state of cuckoo ness, she's she's technically lying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she she begs, "Oh, mom, I'm so scared for Zuko. Don't uh, you don't think Dad would actually do something like this, do you?" And as the mom goes to find out, yeah, we see her grinning mischievously. So, oh no, maybe I've been fooled. I've been fooled by this character. <laughs> okay, here we go. This is it. We're finding out what happened. So hold on to your pants, everybody. Get your seatbelts ready. Like, get, like this is it. We're going to find out what happened that night. Take it away. Yeah, so no no pretense. Uh, immediately, uh, Ursa knows that Azula wasn't wasn't coming in here telling lies. She's maybe been feeling the winds of things for a long time. And so she comes to him and she says, Okay, you know, I'm here to make a deal. Let's cut right to the chase. I know how to make a poison that's colorless and odorless and completely untraceable. And I'll give it to you in exchange for Zuko's life. Like, oh man, we saw early on in their relationship that this transactional quality was there. And now, like, maybe, like, 
how old do you think Zuko is here? Like 13 or so? Oh, no, this is this. Uh, now this is like maybe eight, eight. So eight years. And now they're making transactions over her, her children's lives. So, oh man, bad, bad sense right at the front. Uh, but Ozai, again, he's, he revels in this kind of cruelty and he kind of grins and he's like, um, where'd you learn this kind of substance? Uh, now that you told me that you know how to make this kind of poison, well, we're in an impasse. And so if we're going to make a deal, then the deal is that you leave here for good and the kids are my my collateral. I know as long as the kids are here that you're not going to come and kill me. So, uh, yeah, if, if, if this is what we're going to do, then you're out. Which it paints things paints things different than maybe what I was expecting. Oh, interesting. Okay, I wish to kind of pro- probe you on that one to see if you know. I kind of want to hear what you were thinking. Uh, I just didn't. I didn't expect her to be such an active participant in this. Oh, like she was basically conspiring in the killing of the grandfather. Ah, okay. She was like, "I'll play my part." Yeah, that does part that I was like, "Oh, oh, she's uh, got that." that harder edge even though it's for a good reason saving zuko's life i just didn't expect that well i also took it as the fact that it could also be we don't really put this in here so this is maybe just me projecting i'll admit it could also be i interpret it as also revenge potentially against the man that took her away from her entire life yeah so again while she has to stoop to this level it's like the one thing that she can do to i guess repay her in-law for taking her away from her whole world. So, yeah, but fair enough. I, that's, that's a good point. I didn't really, again, I just took it as it was, but yeah, fair enough. I didn't, I didn't think you were going to be surprised over or the, like, you know, that she was again, at least what uh, Zuko alone showed us is that she did something. I, I actually, I mean, initially, but initially, like, I think when I rewatched Avatar, I don't remember this. Maybe it was like what she stabbed him or something. Yeah. And I was also surprised because, I mean, I'm assuming this is happening all at, on the same night or at least very close to it. Yep. We see that she's already had that flower and she's just been sitting on it. <laughs> like, uh, maybe she was expecting one of these days that she was going to have to kill somebody. And so she was prepared. Who's to say? She already hasn't. Yeah, I guess there's that. Yeah. Sheesh, the silent assassin. And I'm <laughs> I'm surprised, by the way, that I guess like there goes uh, Ozai's perfect assassin. Because you know now you got to still do it by hand, whether we're, rather than just you know using this as you know in vile form. Interesting, or if you know just in, in gestation. Excuse me, but then we get the scene. Well, before sorry, before we get the. I say, I'm not, not going to go there. But before we get the scene from the show, uh, we first see that she does go to Azula first and does give her a kiss. Yeah. Despite everything itself. And and thankfully, don't do a whole like, okay, Azula wakes up and like, you know, gives her the stink eye or something like that. This is different. <laughs> this time, Azula truly is asleep. And she does, even after everything, does still care for her daughter. And then we get the scene from Zuko alone, literally almost as like, you know, uh, storyboards of her going into Zuko's room, says the lines and makes her way on a barge. We don't see her again. Back in prison times. Yeah. Team Avatar plus uh, featuring Zuko and Azula. They're heading off into the, the forest. And again, we get a nice little shot of Momo there. We still, he's still around. He's, he's standing on top of uh, Sokka's shoulders, gripped onto his head. 
I do like that they have a tiny little like lizard guy that's just watching them. Like, who are these trespassers? I think that's kind of cute. And we see the mark, whatever you want to call it, landmark, but big boulder that has the three, three, four, four circles etched into it. Yeah. Yeah. And they, they start going in and somebody immediately gets impatient. Someone's like, oh, there's all this. Where's the path? Oh, I'll make my own path. And it's somebody who knows how to use uh, firebending. So obviously we all know who that is. It's Zula. And she gets them all off at a, you know, a bad uh, place as she's trying to burn down the forest. And then Aang's face starts uh, starts acting up again. It's getting weird. And we once again get another repeat of the word sweetie as Katara's like, oh, sweetie, not with the faces again. So they, they don't play it up as much as they did in the last book, but it's still uh, still present there a little bit. And that's when uh, Sokka notices like, hey, you know, last time we just saw one of these faces on that wolf. But check it out. This whole forest is like this. Here's some leaves. Here's some froggers. Here's a, a bat flying up there. Check that guy out. And Aang notices, or maybe maybe it's actually Sokka that notices that it has the same face that Aang did. Although I'm not sure how. <laughs> Unless the, the face on the bottom of the, the wings as well. Unless it took off. He, he looked at it quickly and took off and he just caught a glimpse. Oh, it is on the bottom, actually. It's on both ends. We see in the next uh, next one, next page. Um, and so Aang follows the, the flutter bat and it takes off and he falls again. And then it leads him to this little this little pond in the middle of the forest. And Aang comments that it feels so tranquil and they all kind of admire it like, oh, uh, it's like a perfect plane of glass. Uh, but someone in the group, as usual, has a bit of problems with water. Uh, what, what happens there? Well, hang on a second. She just seems skeptical. She's like, I'm bored. I don't want to be here. Until something stimulates her senses. And it's not gum. It just happens to be her mother. And not having it just just hates her guts. Wants to see her dead. Zaps her. Again, really? I don't, I don't agree with that. Um, and, yeah, no, just starts going, going ham and whatnot. And still not having it. Until these, and literally like, Tara's about to basically just, you know, blast some water at her until these flowerkins, I guess, flower throwing stars to go at her. Yeah. Yeah. And they're all kind of stunned and they realize like, is the forest itself like attacking us? Is And Sokka, of course, jumps back in like, I told you guys, uh, it's because nature hates uh, Azula. And then more comes, and yeah, that they become under assault by all sorts, even vines are after them. And yeah, maybe it really is because Zula, it, the, the nature hates her. It's understandable, I think. <laughs> uh, Tara quickly notices something about the throwing stars, and that, well, they're not actually, you know, flowers. They're flowers in the shape of, or made up of ice. So there may be something amiss there. Yeah, vines uh, continue to attack, and then Katara realizes, wait a second, there's water in vines. Therefore, potentially somebody is directing the water and the vines to attack us. That means I'm also still being able to plant bend. Yeah. So she takes control over the plants and says, like, whoever's doing this, show yourself. Guess we're going to get some swamp folks. Let's go. We're going to have <laughs> the foggy swamp benders. Uh, no, instead we get a, uh, a uh, looks like a older woman and a other guy who looks like he's out of Majora's Mask. Huh. Interesting. 
flashback to uh, looks like Ursa has returned once again back to her village. And, well, she goes back to her home where her parents lived and, you know, knocks on the door, obviously, doesn't just walk in like she's Martin McFly and Back to the Future Part 2. <laughs> and turns out, you know, a child answers the door and she asks, you know, what's, you know, have you, who are the, the residents of this place? Uh, the magistrate, uh, him and his wife, are they still here? And uh, the child goes, no, they both passed away years ago. So that definitely is a blow for her, given that, you know, she's, she's here and doesn't even recognize the town. Uh, goes to the stage, the place that she, you know, was a star in for pit sakes. And then we see Norin. He, he shows up. He's like, Hey, uh, what are you doing here? What, what about, are you doing here? Oh, Oh, nothing. Just here visiting old memories. And uh, definitely seems like a nice guy and wants to offer uh, a helping hand, of course, of like, would you like to, uh, I don't know if you wish to um, star or at least, you know, take, take a role or, She'd like to try out for the part uh, of the play, but that's not going to happen this time of year. But she'd like to have a cup of, of tea or something like that, or some breakfast, and she definitely agrees to that. And we return to present day. Yeah, and we discover that this pair that we met in the forest are yet another brother and sister pair. And this is quite a, a sad story. Um, so we have uh, Misu as the, the sister and her brother Rafa, they've come here in search of a certain spirit that they think might be able to help them. Uh, because in, uh, in their youth, Rafa was a little bit of a troublemaker. He enjoyed going around stealing stuff from, uh, other tribes. Uh, it didn't even seem like he was stealing it for any other reason than maybe he was, uh, what's that called again? When it's when you're like, uh, stealing kleptomaniac. Is that it? Yeah. Kleptomania. Yeah. It seemed like maybe he had a touch of that. And she'd warn him, like, hey, you know, don't be going around doing that stuff. One of these days, you know, you're going to get in trouble. One of these days, you're going to cross someone that you really don't want to cross. And then one morning, she happened to find him out on the ice. And he was horribly disfigured. And she spent years doing some research, going to libraries. Uh, maybe she went to that that one spirit library. I don't know. But either way, she discovered that there was a, an ancient spirit in this forest that might be able to help him uh, recover his face. And so they've been exploring there for years. And the team avatar are kind of like, wow, you know, you've been here all these years, like just, just the two of you, like, wow, that's, that's special that, that you do that for your brother. She's like, oh, of course. And we even find out that poor Rafa can't eat anything. I don't know how he keeps living. I guess he's under some sort of curse or something, but <laughs> somehow he keeps going. I mean, maybe that's a good thing for him. In that, like, you know, he can't, well, not, not really. I don't know if he's lost his senses as well, because I guess, yeah, everything's been dull in his life. I question how he can see, unless he can't at all. That's, I don't think he can. He said, actually. No, that's, yeah, it's terrible. Um, <laughs> I do like this that in the middle of their story, Azula cuts in, like, oh, sorry to interrupt your sob story, but we're here on a mission of our own. And again, Zuko's got to be like, Azula, don't be so rude. Like, what are you doing? How, how could you listen to this story? And that's your reaction. Um, and, and so they ask if, if they've seen Ursa. But yet again, they're like, no, we haven't seen her. And Aang kind of questions like, okay, well, this spirit that you're looking for, tell us more about that. What, what, what's it supposed to look like? And we find out that it's a she. And that whenever she's nearby, these face-like patterns begin to manifest on the, uh, the trees and 
and on animals as well, like the wolf that we saw. So they they realize that the spirit's near. The yeah, the environment itself takes after the spirit as it approaches. That's really cool detail there. Yeah, but with the with the wolf itself though, it's almost its companion. Like it's I don't say like you know pet dog or something like that. But it would seem that whichever it's like a tell where whichever pool and there's these pools all around all around the forest, this forgetful valley, uh, whichever pool the wolf drinks from is where this spirit shall appear. Yep. Aang decides that, you know, being the bridge between world, two worlds, he will now attempt to make contact with the spirit and see if, you know, they'll plead his case to, you know, come and help these these poor folk. And, you know, begins to meditate. But, of course, one person who does not, you know, currently, maybe not ever, but currently uh, is impatient for meditation uh, and you're right, definitely is driven to find her mother. Uh, Azula storms off. She's like, I was, I didn't come here just to, just to have conversation with these, you know, low lives or whatnot in her words. Um, she's like, I, I, I want my mother. And they start jabbing at each other. And once again, randomly, she, after like either Zuko said something triggered her, or again, she just goes into deliriousness and, is like, all right, time to enact something. Believes Misu to be the one that is also conspiring to her as Ursa got to her to tip her off that Azula was nearby. And so again, somehow, I really don't believe it, Azula blasts Misu with lightning. And we cut away from there as Zuko gets in the way again. Yeah. This is this could be bad. This, this may be bad. To Aang, returning once again to the spirit realm. Oh boy, I have missed this. Yeah, it's cool. It's cool. All the trees take on this. Uh, they make me think of the Wizard of Oz or uh, uh, Babes in Toyland, the trees in those. Yes, they, they grow these long faces and even the, the leaves are smiling at them. And Aang once again sees that flutter bat. But this time, instead of just flying around, it can speak to him with its own voice and says, come with me. I will show you what you want to see. Weren't, weren't there trees in... Nightmare Before Christmas, where they also had faces? Uh, I believe so. It's been a long time since I've seen that, so I, I can't be sure. Yeah, same here. I remember the trees that Jack uses to get to Christmas Town, but oh. I know I thought there were trees in the fields that could walk, unless I'm literally just thinking of Wizard of Oz. Could be, because, yeah, that's in there. Uh, so the the Flutterbat, uh, you know, flies Aang up there, and yeah, he's a little bit bigger than he was in the real world. Uh, flies Aang through because again, Aang does not have a glider, nor does he have the ability to use bending. Uh, he flies him up high into the sky, and we see. Well, I say sorry, I say spirit world or spirit realm. It is still the real world, just you know, in this version. Uh, and we where you see spirits, and we see an overhead shot of these the inscription on that or carvings on that stone in you know i guess the entrance to forgetful valley these pools aha there you go so that's the i said that earlier but still there we go so that's something that ang knows now and then they catches up to the wolf uh spirit himself and then ang goes into the whole like i'm the avatar you know skit and pitch whatnot please if you (laughs) wouldn't mind helping uh some newly formed friends of ours uh we're in need of you know uh, assisting them or whatnot. And could you maybe go, you know, over this way or whatnot? And it, 
does definitely seem like the wolf, uh, you know, can understand his lingo and you know, takes, uh, takes Aang for a ride, or at least Aang catches a ride with him. And well, you know, he, they land in some part of the forest or wherever, and it seems that he's awoken up something, a, uh, somebody demanding whom uh, is within her realm now. Yeah. As we meet the mother of faces, which is yet another really cool spear design. I, I like this thing quite a bit. Wow. Yeah, and right away, I was thinking about a certain other spirit that we know that's involved with faces, and I started to wonder about something. Hang on a second. Hang on a second. Yeah, no, let's not, let's not spoil it for now. Uh, but back to uh, the other part where Azula blasted. By the way, I like how she's blasting. Uh, well, she's blasting at um, Misu. Uh, she's behind Aang, so that's kind of. I don't <laughs> say ironic. But there's there's some I don't know what like form of literary uh, <laughs> device or literary thing of just interesting how she's behind Aang, who she whom she blasted with lightning, you know, a few months ago. So I just. I find mm. that interesting in this case. But anyway, so she blasts lightning at Zuko. And this time, Zuko got there just in time and finally, finally can demonstrate, once again, as he did to his father, demonstrate the potential of redirection. And we actually see, I, I like this part as well, where we actually see yeah. the lightning go through him. Not an x-ray shot, but just like, you know, I guess a silhouetted shot of him, the lightning going into him, into his torso, and then releases it, you know, upward. Brilliantly done, Zuko, and this time uh, you did not, you know, get uh, zapped, unfortunately. Although your hair is kind of like, and you're a little bit singed, but we saw Uncle Iroh got singed with that lightning bolt in the storm. So, you know, hey, it's, it's not all like, you know, uh, peace and harmony there. But anyway, again, he mentions, you know, this is pointless. What are you going on about? Like, why are you why do you think that mom is conspiring against you? She's like some invisible go Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. And, and she's like, come on, how could you be, so, how could you be so naive? Obviously these two that we met in the forest have been part of this plot all along since the day I was born. You know, <laughs> you know, when she says it that way, I, I believe, no, of course not. <laughs> yeah. And this is sad too. She's like, Zuko, how could you be so naive to not see this? And Zuko's like, you're right. I have been naive. It's time for the rest of the boomerangs to take you down uh, to uh, Punishment Town. And so they start laying the smackdown on her. And poor uh, Misu steps in like, hey, what are you guys trying to pull here? The Avatar right now is is trying to bring that spirit here. Why would she want to come to see this disaster of you fools uh, fighting each other? And just, just then, that's when Aang reappears in the spirit world. And suddenly some creepy faces start bubbling up in the uh, the pond. Oh, golly. It's like that bit out of uh, Tim Burton's Alice in Wonderland. Yeah, and... Oh, I've never seen that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. Fair enough. Only a certain amount of people will get that reference. Yeah, but the mother of faces arrives from the, the water. And again, really cool. I like that she has these creepy spirit masks floating around her as well. I think that's quite cool. Adds to her aura of mystique. Before we can even, you know, see what's going to happen next, we flashback. We cut to a flashback of the encounter that, or at least the, the breakfast that took place with between Nora and Ursa. And, you know, it's going, it's going well. They they start like, you know, because she did seem to have an interest in. She has an interest in theater, and Nora is the current director uh, of the troupe itself. They at least find get some small talk in there, which is really nice. 
Um, until unfortunately, Nor- Norin lets it off saying that, like, you know, uh, it mentions her name. Mm. And she's like, Well, I beg your pardon there, bud, but I've never introduced you to myself. How would you know who I am? And so then she's like, All right, I skedaddle and scootedle and get out of here before I be turned into noodles. And, um, Norin then starts repeating certain events that occurred between him and, or sorry, between that, that Ekin would have recollected. And so it turns out by some miracle of a higher power, it would seem that this is Ekin in the form of a body or something else. Yeah. With perhaps a different face. Yeah. I guess we'll find what happened there as we cut to the mother of faces. Oh, <laughs> perhaps there's our answer. Um, can't wait to see the mother of Pearl. And I, I really like, I mean, it's a small touch. I like that they, to tr- to give the impact of her voice, they change up the font and make it a bit bigger. They make it uh, bold. And I, I, I like the way they play with the medium there. It, it, I picture in my head, the voice coming out bigger in that way, more full. <laughs> and even the, uh, Oh, go ahead. Sorry, I just I just was reading it. It's just like I am a generous spirit, soft-hearted and kind. <laughs> <laughs> and she explains that, you know, each season she grants uh, one gift, one grant, one favor to humans uh, who come to her. But it's only one. And so now that they happen to be at the pool that she is, they can make their request. And Aang at first is just like, "Oh crap, just one. Like this this isn't good." Um uh, and we can tell that this spirit has a little bit of a, a chip on her shoulder. She's like, ah, these humans, they're always chasing after me in airports, asking for me to sign their, uh, their toys of me. Uh, you know, I, I, I spend all day on the, the stage performing for them as a wrestler. And here they are following me to airports and, or maybe I'm getting confused. Um, but either way, she's, uh, she's like, oh, oh, I'm only here to do one, only one of these signings. So who am I going to pick? And Aang, again, is, is trying to be nice. He's like, oh, you know, it really, there's there's two of us here that could use your favor. Um, I know that you're such a great spirit. Please, uh, if you could use your, your generosity to help the two of them out, that'd be so great. And it would show how great you are. But she's just like, yeah, don't test my generosity here, Avatar. I'm only giving out one. Can I just interject? I just love, yeah, so Aang obviously does his little bit of trying to haggle like he did with the pirates uh, way back in um, the water, uh, the water bending scroll. Um, just a bit where he goes, I need two favors to ask. And then there's Momo on his shoulder going <laughs> two as well. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> yeah. We haven't seen a lot of Momo in this book, but every time we do, I've always, it's like I savor him even more. And, and again, Zuko being the, humbled and honest man he is now uh if it is if it only can be one signing uh he does you know lead the way he uh, lets uh, misu pass uh just for rafa's sake and yeah he's you know him and yeah uh anger just like yeah we'll we'll be able to find you know we'll find uh, ursa somehow um you know maybe just going back to town and asking and yeah just very oh very considerate very generous of yuzuko Fortunately, that you know he's he's fine, but there's one person who isn't having it, uh, and you know stomps the yard over uh, and demands to know uh, something. Azula asks in place of uh, Misu, "Yeah, hey, you stupid, you know whatever you are, uh, hey, give me 
you know, my, you know, give me an answer or give me my, yeah, answer my question. Uh, who is Ursa? It's like, oh, her. Yes. Uh, very, you know, beautiful, fine maiden. She had a nice face and she told me to, you know, replace it. So that I did. And now uh, she, uh, this is her, the image she looks like. It is Noriko. Twist. <laughs> of course not. <laughs> yeah. And again, Azula, she's just such a, she's just such a butt. I mean, you look in the background, poor, poor Misu's like, no, like all that time. And maybe had she spoken faster because we see that she's like, maybe stunned to be in the presence of a, a God spirit in this way, something so huge, so beyond her. Of course. She's like stuttering and that she leaves that space for Azula to jump in and steal it from her. So cruel. But I do like that even though Zuko could have stopped her or whatnot, I do like that she stills like, oh, gives directions, gives a shortcut of, you know, how to get to the village. So I appreciate that. I'm just like, there's no like baggage or uh, bad blood between her and Zuko. Yeah, no, she, she's, she immediately understands it's not his fault and he was kind to her and she, she, she doesn't even really leave him, let him give his, his uh, apologies. She's just like, go after, you know, that's what you need to do. And I like that the rest of the group is kind of torn. Like uh, Sokka goes off with, with Zuko, uh, but Katara, she's kind of like, oh, like maybe, maybe they're okay on their own, but maybe we should try and still try to find a solution for Misu and, um, and Rafa here. Torn between two roads. We're at the crossroads again. Yeah, crossroads of destiny. That's right. Destiny for Rafa. That or the, uh, I'm also thinking of the uh, the wrestling move, crossroads. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so, yeah, again, uh, poor Misu makes a mistake of trying to bend the spirit to be like, oh, please just wait a moment. Can you stay here? Uses the water to hold her. And the spirit is immediately outraged like how dare you try to bend my sacred water to hold me here like you piece of piece of uh, trash <laughs> maybe i shouldn't say that um and so she disappears and ang jumps into the pool swims after her and we'll find out what happens there uh, shortly first we need to return to the past as uh norin takes ursa into his his confidence takes her into the prop house and they kind of reminisce about their past roles and about their their past relationship and he gives some explanations about after she left he felt like everyone in the the village knew what happened between the two of them Mercy and Ekem and it was just too painful and he started to uh to move away from them started to isolate and that's why early on we saw that he became that hermit that's the reason and I don't even think correct me if I'm wrong I don't even know if he was looking for that spirit to help him get a new face or if he was just hiding out uh maybe i'm don't not remembering it right well at least in the text it seems as though it's it's kind of ambiguous as to whether he went looking for the wolf or he just happened upon the wolf and it was literally just by coincidence and just like a miracle that uh he was able to like see that wolf oh yeah it looks like he just was like you know, he he felt aimless, didn't know where to go, and he's like, "Where do people go in this village when they want to forget? They go to Forgetful Valley. I mean, it's in the name, it's in the title. Yeah, it's literally like right there. Yeah, and while he was there, he was stunned to realize that oh, the spirit world is real, and all these myths about a spirit being there, it's true, and that if you uh, are lucky enough to meet meet that spirit, she'll give you a new face and a new identity, and so that's how he got his new face here." And he starts thinking, you know, Ursa, you've got your past that you're trying to escape. 
maybe this is a, an option for you too. Maybe if you do this, we could progress forward and have a good life together. And at first she kind of thinks like, oh, that this would be perfect, a new face. Then I can head back to the Fire Nation and kind of creep around in the corners and spy on my kids as they grow up. And he's kind of like, oh, that's that's not quite what I meant. I more meant about the two of us getting together. Uh, maybe uh, maybe you'd like that better than just, you know, hiding around corners and peeping through peepholes. You know, what kind of life is that? So either way, she she doesn't decide then, but she just decides, OK, let's let's go see this spirit. And maybe I can figure it out along the way. And speaking of going to see that spirit, we see Aang swimming through the pool. And this is some some really great stuff i think i love the creepy uh like pieces of rock that have shaped into faces too i think that's really cool there's a manta ray looking wait is that a regular fish what the hey is this all about <laughs> so come eric beasts here anyway that's true um but yeah he goes down and i wonder if this is like a, a like a portal to the spirit world that'd be really cool if it was uh or at least maybe like briefly of course um and he again pleads and pleads that you know, just because the situation with Ursa will resolve it's not say it resolve itself, but that's that's going on now. He's here to at least help Misu and Rafa. And again, he pleads, he pleads, like please, j- like like make. We just need you. Like they they've waited here. We're not gonna wait till next season because you know how long it takes to you know do animation and all that stuff. So we gotta like <laughs> you know, can you if you would please you know help us in this case. And as he you know goes a little more deeper down, as if he were playing Subnautica. All of a sudden, he sees some faces, thinks it's, you know, the mother itself. And upon seeing giant anime crab, he goes, mother, and <laughs> begins waterbending and, and whatnot, and getting them out of there and just like, hey, yeah, back, back, you crustaceans. <laughs> and eventually he swims down and he's he's kind of screaming at her, like, how could you be so cruel? And she hears that and she spins her head like, what? What do you just say? You say what to me? Get him out of my, my sacred pond. Also, he's got an air bubble around him, by the way, so that's why he's able to say all this without, you know, being because he's underwater. Yeah, so she expels him from the water and she pops back up like, I can't believe this. Since the beginning of time, I've been making these faces. And, you know, I put a lot of care and affection to I even put a piece of myself in all these faces. And yet these humans come to me and they're not happy. All they want is their selfish desires. And so once per season, I can tolerate giving them that that extra gift. And how dare you scold me for uh, not giving it to you at your own whims. And so she's like, okay, I've, I've tolerated you guys being my force enough. So get out. Take your friends and, and get the heck out of my sight. And I like how it seems like all the animals start echoing it too. All the, They all just start squeaking or, or barking, get out, get out. I think that's pretty cool. I can imagine the scene uh, if it were animated. And I can also imagine it if it were the 70s. <laughs> Because I definitely know some <laughs> images, or even if it was Snow White. Oh. There's parts of Snow White that's creepy. Yeah, before we find out what happens with the get-out routine, first we have to flash back again to a very pretty little repeat of the sequence that we saw earlier with Ekem returning to this, or coming into this forest for the first time. Now we see him returning with Ursa, and I, I like the mirrors there. I think that was was very well uh, well done, as we see them building their life together, hiding out, and eventually... Just like before, the wolf happens to come to the pond that he's at. And he's like, well, there it is. There's the wolf spirit. That means uh, right in this spot, the mother of faces is, is going to come. And Ursa, she has her doubts as she she comes to face him and starts to think, you know, the past few months of us living together, 
It feels like I finally found my place in the world. And again, he's grabbing on. He's like, hey, maybe maybe there's the option. You know, you could uh, bring your kids back here. We wouldn't have to move to that Fire Nation capital hiding around corners. We can live as free people here and we can all have new faces. But she's like, no, I wouldn't want to endanger my children or the people in this town. And so as she approaches the mother faces, yeah, she's got a heavy decision to make. Mother faces. <laughs> mother of God, uh, Father God, Mother Mary, whatever it's called. Sorry. Uh, this is like, you know, an angel prayer. Mother faces, pardon the centuries, and my name is Ursa. I, I hear you can give me a new face, a new identity. Why would a woman of such beauty desire a new face? Would you be willing to accept one much plainer than your own? And there much debate over this. In fact, even the you know mother of faces sensing this pain as well. It turns out because there was a line given that uh, in the previous book over the promise with regards to the fact that Zuko had sent out June and Nyla out to uh, uncover her traces uh, of any traces that Ursa left behind. This is where they at least, you know, keep them like, you know, write themselves out of a horner or at least, you know, keep their bases loaded. Um, or keep watch their bases. Uh, the mother states that she has the power to prevent anybody from ever finding traces of her Ursa from ever existing on this earth, rewriting reality itself. Mm. Oh my goodness. Sheesh. Yeah. And I think the, the art throughout this whole segment with her meeting with the mother of faces, I think is just some of the best stuff in this book. It is just so well done. The lighting, especially around the, uh, since it's in the sepia tone, the way that they affect the light around the, the mother is just really gorgeous. So, because yes, this comes at a cost where she can re, you know rewrite it so that the scent basically changes. Because basically, this is a whole new being under herself. Mother at least instructs remember certain people, and the rest you can forget. And so she asks for Ikum to be remembered in her mind, and of course Zuko and Azula to also be remembered, and that's it. But of course, I love the image of her being like Zuko. Azula. I'm so horrible. Uh, did you say that she remembers Zuko and Azula? Well, it's like, how about my children? Well, I remember my children. Are they a part yeah. of the life you wish to forget? Yes. Then you will not remember them. Yeah, and she doesn't remember that Ikem was once a person. All she remembers is Norin. And we see them married right after that, which I think is another great little piece of art there. And then we get, cutting back to the present, we get Zuko and Sokka approaching the house at night. And they're nervous. They're like, okay, where's that Azula? We know she's around here somewhere creeping about. And they listen in at the window and they see that the family is just, they're having their dinner like they said they do every night. And Sokka's kind of like, wow, is that is that really your mom in there? And Zuko's like, yeah, it's her. And he decides that he wants to go inside and, and have a chat with them and Ask Sokka if he can stay out and keep an eye out for Azula. And as he knocks at the door and Norin opens up, Norin's like, I had a feeling that you would return. And Zuko's uh, surprised. And before they have a chance to finish up that conversation, that's when the little kid, uh, Ki, is that it? Ki? Yeah, Ki, Ki, Yi. Yeah, she's so excited. She loved Zuko when he was there last. And she's really pleased to see him again. And I think this is another great choice that they have this 
pseudo sister for him to to bond with potentially in the future and to maybe have a better relationship than him and Azula do. Half sister. <laughs> Half sister. Yeah. And so he joins them for dinner and they have a nice time and uh, Noriko kind of notices like, oh, you're not eating. Like, What's going on? And instead of addressing her question, Zuko's kind of like, uh, why do you guys do this every night? And when they say that they do, he's, he's kind of surprised that they have dinner together every night and asks her, uh, Noriko, are, are you happy? And she thinks that's kind of an odd thing to say, but he presses for her to say it. And once she says that she is happy and she feels like this is where, he, where she belongs, he's so pleased and he decides, okay, well, I'm sorry I bothered you. I'm going to I'm gonna head on my way. And what, what happens there? Again, very respectful. I got to again tip the hat to Zuko for there was that moment where he would have done so. Or he would have, you know, asked, but instead chose to keep her at peace. So sorry if I, you know, oh, took over what you had already, like what was already there and not what was obvious, but I just, I got a gush for that being the case. But, you know, Zuko was going to leave them in peace without knowing anything. Of course, he's still going to have to deal with a, Raging Azula, like coming in like a train. Uh, that's going to still be a problem. But, you know, just in this instance, he gives her, wants to leave her in peace. But Noran is like, all right, I see what's going on here. And he's got his head low. He's like, oh, this, I knew this was going to happen one day. Tell her. And Zuko also is just like, oh, I <laughs> my name is Zuko. I'm the Lord of the Fire Nation, and I'm your son. Yeah. And before we find out her response, we have to return to the forest of Get Outness as Team Avatar plus uh, Miso and, and Raka. They're on the run as, uh, yeah, the whole forest is basically out to get them. And we get the creepy image in the background of the mother of faces just watching as uh, they're driven out. Now, but before they can fully escape, uh, Aang notices one of these bats is about to hit um, Raka. Rafa. 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 <laughs> And he blows some air bending out these uh, these oh actually these birds, and when he does it, he accidentally blows off Rafa's mask, and they see that he has a face that's just a blank. There's no no features. It's just this emptiness, like his face had been stolen from him. And Ang says, "Hey, I, I've seen something like this before. When we met uh, Ko, the face stealer, and then immediately the mother of faces says, quiet, and silences the forest." as she gets the avatar to repeat what he said. I do like that Aang, he's like, oh, you know, Ko, Ko the face stealer, he's the spirit, looks kind of like a big, ugly uh, sow bug. And she's like, oh, that's my son. And he's like, oh, uh, did I say ugly? Uh, I meant, <laughs> I, thought, I thought that was another, a nice little bit of humor seeping into a book that I don't think has been too funny, at least unintentionally so. Because yeah, Avatar usually does try to amp that up as much as they can, but this one's been so serious, they haven't had much room for it. I guess fitting the search itself, like, you know, the the weight of like something like this, making it very legendary. But yeah, it turns out, yes, that the man or the spirit that takes people's faces off was estranged from his mother. It seems as though there's history there that we don't know about. Very fascinating. Yeah. But yeah, so it seems as though yeah, not not all spirits are, yeah, some some that are good, some maybe not so good. And mentions Cork or Kurik, excuse me, Avatar Kurik about the whole at least the 
Uh, it alludes to the you know incident that where Kirk's wife's face was taken away by uh, Ko, and so but instantly, either out of out of the Avatar being wronged or something else, pity or whatever have you, looking at the fact that Rafa's face is off, does the mother of all faces decide to restore his face? Yeah, and I do like that Aang, uh, he's so uh, so grateful and gives her lots of thanks. I do like that he was like, maybe I was at a line when I asked you for two favors instead of one. But I really need to help you restore uh, two relationships. One between a sister and a brother. And another between a mother and a son. I do like that he put maybe in there. I mean, he was swimming down there, calling her cruel and everything. It's like, ah, maybe leave out that maybe. You could just say, oh, I was at a line, you know, when I was asking you too much. But... Uh, but yeah, so we we cut back to the dinner, the now ruined dinner, the awkward dinner at this point, as everyone's kind of sitting there stunned. And we find out that Norm was like, yeah, immediately when I saw you, I knew who you were and I'd done plenty of research. So he was just playing along with the whole drama historians charade or charade. And he lets loose that, yeah, you know, I was I was always trying to look into Ursa's life and Narika's kind of like Ursa, like, who's that? He says, that was your old your old name from your old life when you were once a princess of the Fire Nation and you had two children. And Key's kind of like, hey, what's what's going on here? What are you guys talking about? This this doesn't sound uh, like something I've ever heard of before. And he mentions that the, the spirit changed her memories and also changed mine, or at least also changed my face. And that's when Zuko realizes, oh, you're Ekem. And he's like, well, this is where I belong since you're my dad and that's my mom. And then it becomes, uh, yeah, Norrin doesn't say it, but he's like, oh, that that's that's not, that can't be possible. Me and Ursa, we never, uh, yeah, they, they cut it off there. Uh, maybe good timing for, for this book. It would have logistically never made sense, not just for that, because like the I don't think it would have like. Yeah. Plus, trust me, not to go there, but if, if Ozai found out that, there was already a yeah. seed had already been implanted. There was no way that was going to like, you know, be around during his rule with her. So, um, but anyway, yeah. So all of a sudden lots of, you know, thunders appearing above them. It's like, geez, <laughs> well, no, the weather was supposed to, you know, get all uh, full of light. There was a storm approaching. No, not, 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 not going there. Uh, and turns out, yeah, there, there is it like falls <laughs> crashing from the roof. Okay, this this is so sad. This this is terrible. Zula's like, oh, finally. I can't tell you how long I've dreamed of this moment. And then she looks at the little girl. She's like, tell me, mother, did you have a new daughter? Because I, the last one turned out to be such a monster. It's just like, oh, man, this is becoming even more sad. I mean, like, n- no, like, yes. and Well, not even. No, just no, because she... Uh, sorry, I'm just. Apologies if I'm about to like you know logic bomb Azula's way of thinking, but it's just like no, no, no. Let's 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 back it up here. So again, old Ursa was you know not angry, but like you know she she was like this is I'm uh, forgive me for what I do here, but obviously she literally forgot about her past life as said before in the text, so she had no idea this was going to happen. So nothing on her. So sorry, Azula, your logic makes absolutely no sense. Yeah, and Sokka feels the same way. He's like, okay, her brain's a little bit uh, jostled around. 
let me take my boomerang and see if I can, you know, just like if uh, your car's not working, you hit it a couple times to get it working. He decides to, to try that with her brain and throws the boomerang at her. And yeah, that's going to jostle her brain even further. <laughs> and so she grabs her. So she puts her up against the wall. She's like, okay, it ends now. And um, uh, Noriko's like, oh, I, like, I don't know what you're talking about. And again, Azula's like, oh, come on. You don't know. You've been scheming against me for years. You've been trying to take me down since the moment I was born. And again, Zuko has to step in to be like, Azula, like, what are you doing, man? Like, calm down. Like, you're always going so crazy all the time. And we get this, this sad moment where Noriko's kind of like, okay, I don't know what you're, if this is true what you're saying, but if it is, then I'm sorry that I didn't love you enough. And tears well in Azula's eyes. And before she can deliver the, the fatal blast... Zuko steps in and they get into a little bit of a, a conflict there, a little bit of a fight. And they they come to a standstill. And Zuko warns her, like, okay, don't blast me. You already I've already shown you at this point what I can do to your your lightning bending. And if you try it again, we know what's gonna happen. And almost as if she wants it, we cut to this expression of her face like she considers it, and then blasts anyway. And he he re- redirects it and gets her. Did you get the sense that she felt that way too? Like she almost wanted to be stopped at this point. That's a good point. I don't know what, you know, the artist or the author were intended, but it probably is there. I think it's not a projection. I don't think you're projecting here. I think it literally is one way or the other, maybe. Mm. Or she also doesn't think that he's going to do it. Or it's like, there's no way he's going to do it. And then he actually does. Yeah, it could be. Like yeah. for the first time, Zuko actually like directs lightning at somebody, and I I don't know whether he can like you know lower its fatality because obviously <laughs> I'm I'm not exactly sh- like she seems fine, but I'm I'm not really I I don't know. Yeah, and she questions him. She's like, like why why are you doing this? Like you never even wanted that throne. Why can't we both just be free of this? You can be free of that, and I can be free of this nagging in my head. And she's like, why didn't you just kill me when you had the chance in the cliff? Why didn't you just throw me over? And he's just kind of like, in my heart, I know what I've always known, that throat's my destiny. And that morning in the cliff, I realized, you know, for as messed up as our relationship is, you're still my sister. And she doesn't even let him continue. She's just like, shut up, I don't want to hear it. And she just, she runs off, leaving the letter behind and and everything. And they chase after Noriko and Zuko. And they're like, come back, we just want to help you. And Zula says, same as always, Zuzu, even when you're strong, you're weak. And she leaves, and that's the last time we see her in this book. So not the most satisfying conclusion for that part of the story there, I'll say. Well, I think it was a door to be left still opened Yeah, for potentially they have more. It seems as though the writer is setting up something. So that's, that's how I see it, of course. And remember, this is the only, these are the only two books I have. Not, okay. Lost adventures, obviously, but these are the only two books I've read intentionally. Um, just so, you know, I get a new flavor of what the next ones are going to be like. Um, so yeah, Azula literally like, you know, exit stage left. Whatever. <laughs> uh, but then Noriko, she, then states to the Fire Lord, uh, hey, wait, no, what's that over there? And we get a two-page spread. Beautiful. Beautiful. It's not the Night Walker, but it's a walker out at night as it is about to be twilight, in the twilight hours. 
Yeah, and the mother of faces approaches her and says, Human, do you wish to return to who you once were? I guess she can just feel the the turmoil in Noriko. Yeah, that or I guess uh I guess Aang maybe asked her as well. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, and either way she says yes, and immediately she's returned to uh who she once was, face wise and memory wise. And the rest of the team are kinda they're looking over at the gorge that Azula ran into and they're like, should we, should we keep an eye out for her? Do you think that she's just, you know, I don't know, like hiding under a, a, a log right now, talking to herself. Like they're like, ah, you know, we'll still keep an eye out, but I have a feeling that she's maybe turn a new leaf. And they mentioned the fact that she left the letter that she'd been lording over Zuko. She left it in that, that house. And everyone else kind of thinks like, ah, oh, she probably just left it because she's so off her rocker. Like she was just in a panic running out. But Aang sees a different. Aang sees uh, intention there and thinks that maybe she's trying to do something different now. And I like that Katara comes over like, oh, that's why I like you, uh, sweetie, or I love you. You're always seeing the, the bright side of things. Some more sweetie talk. Oh, no. When we get to our next batch of comics, we'll see if that carries over. Oh, dear. Well, I'll give him this. I think I counted three this time. Maybe there's four. So, all right. Okay. You're fine. You're fine. I'm still not a fan of it, but I'll, I'll be I'll be honest. It wasn't that much, so I can I can accept yeah. that. Um, and again, postulates on all that has uh, occurred in this on this journey. We helped out a brother and a sister, whom he's now finally freed from this this curse. Yeah, and a mother and a son have also been brought back together. So the mother and son reunited at last. Yeah, what 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 exactly to say? Yeah. Well. Yeah, it's de- there's definitely a lot of baggage here. There's a lot to unravel and untangle and I I agree with that and I definitely like the way the art is depicted to show that uh visually and you know in, in body language wise and the writing itself also gives it that sense as well. But of course, yeah, uh Ursa does state like yeah, I Truly, I completely forgot everything. Like, I, I do not remember <laughs> anything up to this point of like, oh, hey, I do remember my old life. That's right. Okay. Um, yeah, and Zuko brings up like, oh, you know, things are moving forward. And even though it's my destiny to be the Fire Lord, I, I need to know what this means. And he pulls out the letter and she reads it and gives him the news that he probably didn't want to hear that everything that she wrote there wasn't true and we get our another flashback our last flashback as we see again that brutal moment when the fire lord came into her room and started screaming at her and telling her about how he killed uh gloating i should say about how he killed ekem it turns out even then she he knew that it was an obvious lie and she was she basically tells him that she she used it to see if he was reading her letters and he's like, "Is you, do you truly wish that Zuko wasn't mine? And she says, yes. And he says, well, you know, I'll give you what you want then. From now on, I'll treat him as if he was never mine. And every time I speak harshly to him, every time I, I wound him, he says, abusive guy. He's like, every time I treat him as if he uh, as if he were the son of a treacherous dog, just know that I'll be fulfilling your wishes. And you figure that Zuko would have a more bitter edge to that too, but at this point, he knows it's nothing to do with her. It's all that that creature, Ozai. 
just this 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 beast of a man. But it does shade definitely all those times differently too, knowing that that's why he had such a, a bee in his bonnet to ruin Zuko and when he burned his face too. Again, just uh, that that revenge. All those even after she was gone. Drive a knife into her, even when she left. Yeah. Yeah, and left and forgot about them at that point, so she didn't even know what was going on with them. <laughs> How sad. So, with the truth out there hmm. of the misunderstanding of the way, again, if anybody looked at the, well, I guess I say that as well, but uh, I was going to correct, but the way the letter was structured, yes, it was a false flags operation, a red herring, all just to <laughs> test, uh, secret tests of Ozai's character. It's gotten Zuko's hopes up of not being that man's son. Turns out it's still true that all it was, he still is Ozai's son. And well, he just realizes that, you know, things are just, I guess, the the way they are meant to be. Hmm. Yeah, and I think this is again a sign of how mature Zuko's become now. And I imagine even after this that he's still, because he says like, oh, even though he's that, that horrible creature of a man, he's still my father. And so he's probably still going to go back to that prison cell and bring him some tea and try to treat him with dignity. But his mom's like, oh, there's, you know, there's so much I want to tell you about your father, about uh, Ekem and about my life. And he just says, uh, I want to know everything from the beginning. And she says everything. He says everything. And we got that quote from before. She says, for you, my dear, I'll start at the beginning. And that's how we come to a close of the search. Final thoughts? I'm searching for words to describe this book. <laughs> yeah, you, you came away positive. I'm mixed. Hmm. Mixed again. Hmm. And I don't know why. I don't know why I'm mixed. It's uh, just like this in the last one. I'll just say it's a uh, very light feeling it because it's not hateful or anything like that. I think this, I think I enjoyed this a little bit more than the last book. Hmm. Especially since we just end on, you know, I guess as it began, as you said, with the quotes. But I at least like that there's no... Sure, they, they seeded the fact that Azula like maybe out there is like a plot point that they'll pick up later in like another book. That's fine, though. That was like at the very end, so I can accept that. Like backdoor pilot. Bit. <laughs> but this ends at least without you know moving into the next book and just ends on a like conclusive uh, end between you know what we were all here for the mother and the son reunited at last but there i don't know i'm gonna have to read this again because there's just something about this book that it's making me feel mixed and i i don't i can't tell you what it is right now your thoughts yeah i definitely enjoyed this one more than the last one i feel like the last one had uh, this kind of sweaty feeling like you could just feel the the writers contriving and like, oh, okay, how can we move this? How can we get this to where we need it to be? Even if it didn't feel natural. I feel like this one felt more natural. Um, I really liked the focus on Azula, uh, seeing more of her background. Um, and I, I felt so bad for her. And I think it was unintentional comedy for me. I don't know if they meant all of her crazy ramblings to be as funny as I found them when I was reading it. Uh, but I definitely felt a lot of her pathos and, I'm looking forward to seeing her character explored more as we go forward eventually. <laughs> um, it is a shame that there was no Toph and overall the whole team avatar dynamic feels so much more pushed into the background. 
that's part of I feel like the lack of humor as well comes from them being more pushed to the back. So I'm hoping that all these comics going forward aren't going to feel so Zuko and his issues focused. And they'll find more of a story for the rest of the team. But, but overall, I think this one was was cool. And I liked Return to the Spirit World as well. I thought that that was always a, a favorite thing in, in the, the series. And it was nice to see it represented here as well. Uh, but that's all I got for that one. <laughs> Very well. Indeed, yes. All this stuff should have been attractive to me, but... I don't know. I will have to go and search my feelings elsewhere and let it sit for a while as to what it was. Oh, there you go. But I will still at least recommend this book to everybody if they ever did want to know about what had the story of Ursa's disappearance. Hmm. But until then, we finish this episode off with a close of this. And now, ladies and gentlemen, those in between unaffiliated, it is time for a new beginning. Mm. In fact, part of the same franchise, same series, but it's time for a new genre, or at least, you know, a new person to step up to the table, a new person to step up to bat. For it's time that we go away from comics, and finally time to talk about a successor to Aang. Legend of Korra, we welcome you. Till next time, peace. contains spoilers for all seasons of Avatar The Last Airbender and The Legend of Korra. Here we go again. Enter at your peril. We'll never come back again. It's got a death curse. We have such sights to show you. Nora, that's how the story of Ursa and her disappearance went. Peace. Is that spoilers? <laughs> that's definitely spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> well, then you might have to do another ending.